What's up, everybody? And I have the man, Dr. Zano, back into the studio this week. This is episode two of what right now is currently being called Hero Mindset. We don't have a name yet. Yeah, we asked you guys, like, let's make it a competition. Okay. And so, how do you, like, you know, when you do the competition, how do you usually run the competitions? They, they submit and the winner gets. My competitions are usually like whoever has the biggest boobs wins, but we don't, we can't make it like that. You know, that, that might be something we talk about, like, because, um, dude, you're fascinated with, with great boobs. I am a boob man, but I like big butts too. I love calves. I like, like calves. You don't see a lot of great calves. Well, therefore, mm-hmm. therefore, because usually, you know, a good pair of legs makes a great asset themselves. So <laughs> I, I feel like I have never, you never see great legs with, with a crappy ass. Unless maybe you have. Yeah, but. I mean, I coached for so long, <laughs> and some of these Irish girls, all Irish people are going to be offended right now. <laughs> Fuck it, let's get right, let's get right to the races. Oh yeah, some of the <laughs> I call it the Irish curse would have these like fantastic quads and yeah. just the flattest no no booties. Oh them. really? Yeah. Actually, an- another one also, interestingly enough. A lot of soccer players would have great, great, great calves, mm-hmm. but also no butts. But I think that it had more to do with they run so much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, if you watch a lot of soccer players, they run on their toes a lot. Yeah. So it's a lot of calf stimulation, but I don't think they were doing a lot of training specifically just for mm-hmm. the glutes. So I've seen big booties on all different ethnicities, and I've mm-hmm. seen small booties on all different ethnicities. So you can't make it, I can't make it too much of a racial thing. Although they will always say, for whatever reason, they always say that Brazilian girls have the best butts. And I, I actually disagree with that. I actually, overall, mm-hmm. would say most of the best booties that I've seen have been on South American, but not specifically just Brazil. Right. Um, Latinas, I guess, mm-hmm. would, would be would be where I went with it. Right. But that that could also be Puerto Rico, Cuba. I think it's just something with those. Even and then Italian, I guess, falls under that as well. I mean, well, because the thing is, you could find a great butt, uh, butt in every ethnicity. So it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to generalize, unless yes. we're just going to put the Irish on the. Well, they used to always block. say. They used to always say. Now you can't say stuff like this now because people and everyone gets offended over everything now. But they used to say <laughs> if you were if you were like a guy with a yeah. big butt. Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, you got you got a uh, you got a booty like a black guy." Yeah. Or like, "Oh, that's like a that's like a like a black guy booty." Yeah. And like now, if you said something like that, it's I guess offensive to to everybody. Cuz like I guess black guys could be like, "Well, why why, why does a black guy have to have a butt like that?" And white guys are going to be like, "Well, why why can't I be white with a good butt?" You can't you right. can't say anything like that now. No. But we can and we will. We can, yes. <laughs> um <laughs> All right, PJ, let's talk about this week, man. How are you doing? And Because you had some good mindset stuff in there. Because, you know, with, with this podcast we want to do is, again, so we're going, like, please comment below on a name and the winner uh, of a good name of what, that we decide uh, will have something cool. I'll, I'll personally add a, a personal one-on-one Zoom call with you, and I'll work over uh, nutrition with you, mindset with you, business, t- whatever you want to do. So that's – I'll dedicate an hour of my time. That's – I charge well over $2,000 for that. So that's a good winning thing. And then PJ will decide something cool. As I'll well. send you some free products. We'll figure it out. Shit, which is great. We, we went with, uh, he, well, Joe called it Hero Mindset because right, right. you have already done I Am Hero. I Am Hero, yeah. So it made sense. That was the easy first right, right. 
you know, but we can spin it into you guys tell us when you listen. Um, I actually was going to use what happened this week, yeah, really to see what you have experienced to mm-hmm. compare to yeah. it. Love it. So I have to be somewhat vague, but yeah. I but I'm not going to be completely vague. So um, we are uh, losing uh, an amazing employee, um, and it is not because. Uh, of personal differences or because he's fired. Um, he is just uh, moving in a different direction with his life. Right. And I was extremely, extremely nervous and concerned because he's such an important part of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, what was really kind of resonating with me more and more, even even more so than that, was that because we've done so much together for so long, I couldn't really imagine my life without him. And he is truly one of my best friends in the world. So when we talked about, are you sure you want to do this? Um, and I support his decision and we're still going to be friends, yeah. you know? Um, but I, uh, I, I, t- I told him and I, now I can, I guess, be a little bit silly about it, but I, it felt like being dumped. You know, like when you've been through a bad breakup or sure. like a divorce, you know, and I had reached out to you about yeah, it and no, I was curious, right. yeah, yeah. you know, I was curious if you've gone through something like that sure. and, you know, tips, tips for, um, recovering because I'm starting to recover now. I got some good advice. Uh, you were one of the people that gave me some great advice. My, my, my bookkeeper, Cheryl gave me some really phenomenal advice. Um, one of the things that she said though, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I told you this or not. Um, so Cheryl told me, cause as a company, we're going through a lot of really hard stuff, mm-hmm. mainly the FDA case, which I know we always say, like, oh, we can't really talk about it. But it's not like you guys don't know. We've been in this case for, for years, ever. for years. <laughs> 2023, we'll hit the seven-year mark, and then... That is incredible. Right? So, um, and that's just extremely just draining. Yeah, it's just... Nonstop. It's also financially just brutal. And I have always said from the start, I believe that we're going to win and I, I can take anything. I mean, it sucks. It beats the crap out of me, but I'll just keep on fighting. That's just, just who I am. My, my bookkeeper went through a similar situation and with, with she and her husband and, um, she wanted to keep on fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after a few years they had a deposition and she said that her husband came out and he was just done. Mm-hmm. And he was like, get the checkbook on. I'm just done. And you know, that wasn't really her decision, but mm-hmm. She said, not everyone has the same like mental strength to go through these things and be broken down over and over and over again. It's, it's emotionally and mentally better for some people to just get out of those situations mm-hmm. rather than stay in it. And to me, I was like, but that's like losing. Right. And I hate losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also taking it probably more personal than I should have, mm-hmm. which I also did in my divorce. Um, and she said, if you really do, uh, love him the way that you say that you do, and you are, you are best friends now more than ever, you should show him that. And I betcha that the separation doesn't last too long and he needs you now more, more than ever. So don't punish him for, for wanting to leave because he's not leaving you as a friend. He just wants to go in a different direction, maybe in a less stressful place. Of work because it is stressful. So after that, um, we had our discussion, and I said, um, "You know, you're always going to be my best friend." 
And when I said that, I noticed he like sighed and he was like, I was so worried that like you were going to like hate me over this. Yeah. My, my initial reaction though was, why are you doing this to me? Sure. Um, so I was curious, like if you've ever been in a, in a position like that, because when you, not to go on with this too long, but when you work with somebody every day, yeah. I mean, that's a deep relationship that yeah. you get into, you know, they have like the, Oh, this is my work wife or this and this. But if your whole life is your business, that's like your family. Mm -hmm. That's your that's your your best friend. That's your that's your tightest relationship. Mm -hmm. So you know it's it's uh, <clears throat> mentally it was like super super hard. Absolutely, PJ. And you know when you work with someone like that, it's just when you're with someone for so long. This is it's it's a form of mourning. And what we talked about was sometimes you you will mourn this more than breaking up with a girlfriend or a wife mm -hmm. uh, because there was just. There's so many deep-rooted things that you're like, well, I got to replace this person and this new person. Like, they're not going to know all the ins and outs and the and the culture. It just, it, you just see this future of I got to rebuild this whole process. So it's extremely inconvenient. But at the same time, how many times do we stay in something in a relationship? Let's say, or you guys are watching because it was convenient and you just wanted to avoid the little bit of pain of restructuring mm -hmm. or reorganizing. And so I just want to explain to you now this this spurred in your mind. Well, we're going to restructure and reorganize. Now, this reorganization that you're doing is really setting you up. And I always say, I always told people the first day I met him, like, this is going to set you up for the nine-figure company. And what I mean by nine-figure company is, like, Blackstone will be that company. And it's like, well, this had to happen. It's, it's going through the fire. But, you know, like, that, that purifies things. So, yeah, I, I'm dealing with that right now. I love my office manager. She's great. But the entire staff, like, uh, they, they're walking on eggshells around her. And I'm like... I'm going to get you to do your work at home. You cannot be in the office. It's like the, I'm just keeping around because she's just been with me for 12 years. But why are they walking in eggshells right now? Because she's like, she means well and she bosses them around, but she's she's making somewhat senile mistakes. Mm -hmm. And they're and they're like, you know, and just and I'm like, listen, you can't be the mama bear anymore. Like, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a position. I'm just keeping her on on payroll to mm -hmm. have a little like to be my little assistant. But she could work from home because she can't be in the office because it's suffocating my new staff that want to grow. They're young. They have new ideas. And she's very – she jumps to conclusions and causes uh, anxiety. So How long has she been there? 13 years. It's a long time. Right? So it's like I go – I go I, – but it's all these little things that yeah. she knows that it's like, you know, I can't I – can't. so I, I, I'm changing her hat. I'm, letting, I'm, I'm giving her this easier position, less stress-free, but, you know, you can't be around my, my new staff. Do you think that she is going to be okay with that? Or? Oh, she already knows. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. She already knows. I'm like, Carla, you know, that's her name. She, she mm -hmm. can watch this. Uh, I go, I love you. And I, well, I even told her, I'm like, I'm never going to get rid of you. Because, and she's the type where we could kind of fight, like family, you know, that thing. And it's okay. I'm like, I'm not getting rid of you. I'll change hats. Because she's just been so loyal. That's a, you ever know someone like, we talked about loyalty. Um, they might not do the best job, but the loyalty factor, when you're a business yeah. owner, the loyalty mm -hmm. factor and the trust, trust and loyalty. Like, you could be a C player, but with that trust and loyalty, it means so much to me. And we talked about, when we were talking about those things, we were talking about three things, trust, loyalty, and value. And that's what you're mourning. You have someone in your life that you could trust, right? They were loyal, and they provided so much value. Yeah. So, like, how, on, on your hand, how many people could you say, in a working condition, had those three? If my dad didn't work for me, right. that'd be it. Yeah. yeah. I can't even tell you relationships. My relationships usually break up because there was, I can't trust you anymore. 
um, there's a loss of value to me, you, or society. Mm -hmm. They don't add value to society. Or uh, uh, loyalty issues. Yeah. Right? So it's like... And no one is loyal now. No. It's easy to just flake and, and, and do those things. I'm glad that you... This was a, a direction that I didn't think that we would go yeah. into because we could keep staying where we're at. But I'm glad you said that the value aspect of it. Yes. Because when I first started dating Marissa, I said something to her that she took... She didn't take offense to it, but it really shocked her that I said it. And she said, it's sad that you look at life like that. And I said, no, it's not. It's actually wise that it look like, like this. And what I said was, I said, relationships are all about what value does one person provide to the other? I go, for instance, like your mom and your dad, like your dad loves your mom. She loves him. Uh, perhaps like, she cooks good dinner all the time. He keeps the roof over the head. They are providing things that keep things going. I said, most of my relationships now, I bring all the value to the relationship. And when I don't see value back from the other person, I have to get rid of them. And I do accept that 99% of the people that I meet, I'm gonna be providing more and I'm okay with that. But when the person provides so little or nothing, mm -hmm. I have to get rid of them. And she's like, what if the person's nice? And I'm like, I got enough nice people around. And she was like, that's such a, a, a shitty way to look at it. I'm like, it's really not though, because if you're meeting that many people, in life, that's if you look up the definition of a relationship, though, what I'm saying is not off of the definition. You know, right. it's 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 truly about the value that both sides mm -hmm. bring. And you're right. It doesn't. And, and it's also perceptual, too, because, you know, financially, let's say that's one huge way you bring value yeah. in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But like, for instance, my ex Whitney, you know, she raised two amazing children. Mm -hmm. Huge value. Like like. So there's value values that are that are coming together but i know when it, what happens when it when when it's a very codependent and you're yeah. carrying someone on the shoulders and you know it's 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 a personal thing like you feel it you feel like the tables are really unbalanced mm -hmm. here and um not and sometimes it's not value to you but sometimes it's when they're not even bringing value to society like yeah. someone who could benefit the world and not be parasitical mm -hmm. i know that's extreme but sometimes there's just people that are takers and they're not bringing value to the world. They're not uh, contributing in some type of positive way, shape, or form. And then all of a sudden, you start to see it becomes like almost this one-way street. Yeah. And not. And it just then you feel like you start you start resenting because you feel that you're compromising mm -hmm. something here. And you shouldn't have to say, you know, this is how I want value exchange. Like we shouldn't have to tell that person. That person should innately know. Hey, listen, you know, I love when people do things. Uh, when you don't ask them, you know, they just do it either because they're creative. They're doing things out of the kindness of the heart. If they can't bring finances to the table, they're bringing other beautiful, creative things to the table. So it's just, it's just thoughtfulness. It's reverence. It's regard. Mm -hmm. And that to me is extremely valuable. And we, and, and our values are different, you know, to other, everybody has a different set of values, of but mine are definitely trust, loyalty, trust, man, like that I could count on you. Oh, like even PJ, if you say, listen, I'm going to go and get you that glass of water. It's like, where the hell's a glass? You know, like just yeah. even little things like that. Just I, I love that I could count on somebody. Well, this this particular person, uh, outside of the loyalty, yeah. was doing so many things that we realized that the the one silver lining. Well, there's more than one silver lining, but the biggest silver lining at Blackstone Labs now is that there was poor communication. Mm -hmm. And so what we started doing was a few months back, we started doing weekly marketing meetings. And what we would do is we would bring in the head of the call center, Billy, uh, my dad, who's the head of wholesale, 
myself, of course, uh, David, who's the head of marketing. And recently we, we started bringing Joe Reiser, head of videography, mm-hmm. in on these meetings so everybody could know what everybody was doing because sometimes, because David and I were in charge of marketing, we would come up with an idea uh, for a sale. And we would love what we were going to do. And we're like, boom, we're going to put this out Monday. Shipping wouldn't be prepared for it, so they'd be overwhelmed. Call center wouldn't be prepared for people saying, oh, what's the sale? And it would cause a lot of issues. So what we started doing was having these weekly meetings where we wouldn't jump the gun too much. And they would also know this is what these guys are planning. Maybe we can add something to it that will make it better. And it actually helped out a lot because those guys went to their departments and they talked a little bit more. So... This particular person, we talk so much, and part of that is because of the fact that we're such great friends, but the big thing that you touched on is I trust him with everything. So when you trust somebody that much, you're going to ask them for more because you know the job's going to get done. Don't you realize that too? Um, When I hire someone, PG, and, and you would feel the same, you know, when I hire you, I have no filter, no. I'm like, listen... Welcome aboard. I go, the most, uh, I go, the, the greatest compliment I could give you is to trust you with more responsibilities. Mm-hmm. When you see me start taking responsibilities away from you, I go, be very, very scared. Yeah. And I told, yeah. I told my guys, and I, I don't know if you have conversations like this, I think that, I like to think that all true entrepreneurs, because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, that's like the new thing, and it's in my, my bio on my, cool. my Instagram, you know, and <laughs> I, 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 there was a period where people would always like refer to me, well, there was two things, and I'm not going seg- to segue into something else, where people would call me like a guru all the time, and I'd be like, please don't call me that. I happen to know, know a lot about bodybuilding, like yeah. I don't like being called a, a guru and all-knowing, and uh, <laughs> I got called that for a while, and I know they mean it as a compliment, right. you know. Uh, then you have your guys that love being called the guru, you know? So one thing that I think does fall true to most entrepreneurs. So I will accept that if that's what my role is going to be is you don't believe in a time schedule. I don't. So when I had, so there's basically, uh, four guys that are going to be taking over the work of one, of one person. However, this one person is outstanding at delegating like I am. So they were actually doing a lot already. Now he's just giving them those extra responsibilities. So knowing that made me feel very comfortable. But what I told them in our meeting yesterday, I was like, you guys can take this any way you want it. And I will, I will respect your time when I know your times. But for me, it's 24-7. So Saturday nights, Sunday nights, Monday mornings, I'm always working and if you're going to be a main part of Blackstone Labs, it's not a 40-hour-a-week job. Now, I'm not going to abuse that. So mm-hmm. you guys tell me your times. For instance, Billy Gaglerado, the head of my call yep. center, he goes to bed at 9 o'clock. And that's really early. However, he's up at 5. Mm-hmm. So most of the important stuff that we do is super early in the morning before anybody's even awake. And I'm cool with that because everything's getting done and we respect each other's time. David, on the other hand, is a late guy. So a lot of the stuff we were doing is 11 or 12 mm-hmm. o'clock at night. Now, most people I know, they have like the 10 o'clock, I'm not going to talk on the phone anymore mm-hmm. or I'm going to go to bed. And I respect that. So these guys, I told them, you tell me your times. You know, are you, are you in bed at 10? Are you up at 6? Whatever it is, I need to know those times. And if you let me know in advance what you got going on on the weekends, 
I won't start freaking out when you're not responding back to me. And they all understood. And the big thing with that was this, this one person, I just knew if it was, if he was on a date and perhaps this was a negative thing about what we were doing, but if he was on a date, he would say, I got to take this, you know, but that's part of the reason why this company got so far and we got so much done. We both shared that obsession with getting things done. Now, some of the new guys, and this is also, I believe, a little bit more of a millennial thing. Mm -hmm. They, if if their job says I work Monday through Friday from ten to four, that's when they work. Mm -hmm. Then it's boop, I'm done after that. And I had to explain to the guys it doesn't work that way here, and I didn't want to scare anybody in any way. Uh, that's why I said I will absolutely respect your time. But these are things that we're going to have to know because I don't want to ask for something over and over again mm-hmm. and wait for days because if it's something that I'm doing for somebody else, I actually find that embarrassing. And I do think that a true you know, entrepreneur, like business owner, when, you're, when you have a customer or somebody mm-hmm. that's waiting for you, you want to give that back to them Speed. as soon as possible. Speed is very important. Now that we have all this new communication um, – and now I actually understand that a lot of the guys were doing things that I didn't even know that they were doing. Now I feel very comfortable. And I actually feel that this is going to be very beneficial to the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't take away the sadness over this gentleman not being here. But he actually said something to me that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. And I think it shows a lot about how good of friends we are. He said, um, he said that he was also sad. And he said, but I know that I'll feel better as soon as you or your dad reach out to me, you know, for help for something. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that matters to him, because there are certain things that we know that this is going to be the guy that we got to ask. Yeah. And him, him not, even, not only saying that he's still going to be there, which I, he's such an honorable guy, I know that he will be. But him saying that that's important to him, I think that was very calming also knowing that. Yes. You can't, you, you can't, they always say... I've, I've gotten to this discussion with people. They always say that everyone is, is replaceable, right? But I know I'm not replaceable here. And I believe so much in this person and what we did together that replacing him with another one person, probably not going to happen. Getting his work done with a number of people, likely mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but I'm not just going to flop another one of him in because if I would have, I would have found him a while ago and we'd be making a lot more money right now. And I've been saying that for years. You just hit on something that, uh, like, you see how, like, that, 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 that uh, cliche phrase mm-hmm. that everybody's replaceable, money doesn't grow on trees. Like, just think all the bullshit we heard. Mm-hmm. But in true success, it's, it's absolutely the opposite. So what you just said was absolutely correct because what determines someone's income and impact is number one, the value you give, the, the overvalue you give to someone, watch this, the ability to provide that service. So let's say I, I, I do something like stem cells. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people do stem cells, but when I study and I become really proficient and really just that 2% razor's edge more competent and just have just a better strategy, you know, just even better because I study, I put my, my, I, my whole heart and soul in it to the point where I just do it better. And the third factor is 
how hard it is to replace yourself. Yeah. So the if if you're watching this right now, you want to keep a job, you don't you want to worry about nothing, almost be the person that can't be replaceable. Mm-hmm. And that is very important. So you're right, not everybody is replaceable. And when you can make yourself because you study and you do your job so well and you offer so service at such a higher level, it's very hard to replace you. Yeah. And then like we we saw this in oil and gas in Texas. When the economy was going down, they were some of the oil and gas. They were releasing fifty percent of their staff. But let me tell you, the people who were hard to replace because they served, they had gave great value and they knew what they were doing, their job. They didn't have anything to worry about. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so if you're that's a great. I'm glad we talked about that. So if you're watching this right now, no, no matter where you're at, I don't care if you flip hamburgers, be the best hamburger flipper. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when you when you're good at your job and your service that you provide, you could do it quicker and more efficient. It makes you very difficult to replace. Mm-hmm. And then you're not gonna like you'll be the last. Like you're not gonna go. Because like if we need only three staff person, we're definitely keeping that person. Yeah, and and like what you said earlier, if you're giving somebody more responsibilities, yeah. they should take that as a compliment, mm-hmm. not as a oh great I have more work to yeah. do. It yeah. means yeah. you are that reliable and you're that trustworthy that I want to expand your role more. And that's what happened to a couple of the guys here is yeah. they they not only is their role being expanded, a couple of the guys I actually saw stepping up right away. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, this past week, I've seen what you guys are doing, and I appreciate it. And that made them feel really good. And then you know what? You, you, you have people that you think are going to perhaps be better than they are, and they disappoint you. But in this company, we have had most of the staff for a long time. So to take somebody out in certain positions and think that you're just going to pop a new guy right back in, very difficult. Now, call center, on the other hand, that's one spot. So people always say, how do I work at Blackstone Labs? How do I work at Blackstone Labs? Like, I mean, we're really not hiring. Like, there's not a lot of people that are hiring during the state of the world right now. However, call center, if you can sell as much as I'm going to pay you, I'll bring on as many guys as you want. Yeah, well, it's, I would, would you say, PJ, that's one of the greatest skills to know is how to sell? Because we're always selling ourselves. I'm selling myself to you. I'm selling myself to you right now. It's not just for a trade of a... Of a of a commodity it's like we're always selling we're always trying to show our points mm-hmm. we're always, so I, I believe uh you know i watched the though that the real uh, jordan belford the real wolf, yep. wolf wall street guy and he's like it is no matter no, if you have that skill that's one of the things that if you could sell it's something that you'll always be able to provide yeah and and you know some guys just have it mm-hmm. because we have a couple guys here that are always just good but I don't believe that you can't learn to become a much better salesman because most of sales and there, there'll be guys that'll will and, and, and I'm open to you guys debating. This. Yeah. Yeah. Most of sales, at least especially in this industry, mm-hmm. but I've talked to people in other industries, they say the same thing. It's like, it's like a machine that you put a $20 bill in and you're going to get this $20 mm-hmm. product back. You put the $40 bill in and you're going to get the better product back. And that, that truly is how sales goes. Because I had a guy who was decent. And then he started slacking a little bit. And you could tell his personal life was kind of getting a little thrown off. I had to talk with him. I'm like, listen, man, you're, you're slacking a little bit. Didn't do anything about it. Started going kind of backwards. Mm-hmm. And we had basically a time where we sent him home for a week and said, get your shit together and come back. Whatever happened in that week, if it was just a wake-up call that he needed, he came back with authority Mm -hmm. and has been excelling 
every single month for over a year. So it wasn't like a, perhaps it was that, that fear, but what in that moment of fear made him get that much better? You know, he, he, he must've took a look at himself at what he was doing and figured out how to way to be better at it. And he went from being a mid tier guy Mm. that was slacking to the top. You know, sometimes PJ, the greatest thing in life is having a moment of disgust. Like shit, I'm going to lose this. And it happens in a millisecond. Yeah. It's the person who loses 120 pounds. You're like, they've been dieting. How come they lost 120 pounds this time? They looked in the mirror one last, and they, they, there was a point where they were just so fucking disgusted. Mm-hmm. And it was like that. That's what happened to me. When I went through my divorce, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you go through these different phases where the initial phase is like, oh, my heart's broken. Let me just cry all the time. And then, you know, you get in the anger phase. And then if your divorce is drawn out, then you get into the I'm miserable, I hate my life phase. And that's when a lot of people get into substance abuse. I was drinking a lot during that phase. And what happened to me was, and, and the disgust that I'm going to talk about is a little bit different, is once I got out of the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And I've said it before, I never used the term luck, but I got really lucky that I didn't die. Mm. And I... I saw the reactions of my mom and my dad and David, my VP and my best friend. And they all had the same reaction of, of fear and just that, that how scared they were that I was going to die. And at that moment it was disgust, but it was, it was shame, which they kind of fall into a similar category. I was so ashamed that I was like, I'm never going to make people think like that of me ever again. And that was when I flipped it, and the past three years have been just kicking ass. And I, you know, I'd rather prove myself through actions, but to that was my version of my rock bottom wasn't necessarily when I almost died. It was thinking about what I did to everybody, and I could have ruined this company. I could have made all these people not have jobs, and here they were just scared. You know, they, they, I'm sure they were worried about their jobs, but here they were just scared of of me. Like, what's going to happen to this guy? That was, that was the only time I've ever been like disgusted yeah. with myself. Because you were, you, were, you, you know, what you were doing with the alcohol, you were, you thought, well, I'm just self pacifying myself mm-hmm. and what I'm going through, and we fail to realize like all these people are counting on you. Yep. Um, and you're like, whoa. So it's like self sabotaging you, no big deal. It's me on me. Yeah. But wow, I let this person down. Oh my God, I let this person down. It's like, oh, and then you see that they care. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what am I doing? Why did I do this? And yeah. then it just something because sometimes we all need to know that, you know, we are cared for. Mm-hmm. We hear that, oh, I care for. No, but like when you really felt the, wow, these people care for me. So that love, like love pulled you out of it, man. Yeah. Love changed you. And that's, uh, uh, that's the beauty of it. That's why in life, when you really realize that, Everything you're going through, you're in the exact right place now because it's part of a, a formula or a part of a transformation that, if perceived correctly, is for the benefit. Yeah. And I think if we don't learn how to look at any bullshit as a benefit, then you're going to always be in a victim mentality. Where, like, I can't, I'm, I'm in the zone where I automatically, I grieve, I get pissed off, but then. You know, I let that emotion out, and then I'm like, how am I going to flip this? How, how, what is this teaching me? Like, okay, we're going to reorganize. We're going to have a structure now. So all these be- you can see all the beautiful things coming out of this. And so that's why when you can, anybody watching, no matter what it is, when you can start seeing that, 
and then you see like, wow, this is this is this uncomfortable moment for for bettering my evolution mm-hmm. and forward progress. Then it then you you are totally grateful for all things. And when you're grateful or in a state of gratefulness, you're also in the state of receiving. Yeah. Right. And this is guys, I'm telling you, like same situation, COVID. Absolutely. We're so grateful for it. I mean, like I could tell you so. I mean, it's been amazing because it like it would fast forward a lot of stuff that I I was thinking about doing that. I'm like, shit, we got to do it. But I, I kicked and screamed a little bit, but I'm so grateful for it now. It allowed me to take more risk. You know, I lost a lot of stuff. I noticed, PJ, I lost a lot during this COVID bullshit. And losing a lot, like a lot, allowed me to be like, well, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. And, and it allows, because I was a very, com- I didn't want to take risk, but now I, I'm very comfortable taking risk now for opportunity because I'm like, yeah, all right. So for me, I noticed that a lot of people that thrive in structure, COVID was very, very hard on yeah. them. And I thrive in structure. I just figured out I got to do some way totally different things, you know? And I, I really saw those people suffering a lot. And I, I, I always try to reach out and I can sense when somebody has anxiety issues like I do. And it's not like when people are like, oh, I have anxiety. I have a test tomorrow. It's way it's different. A, it's a real fucking thing. It's way, way different when you yeah. have you know, like generalized anxiety disorder and you have to take medicine for it. And it yeah. often comes with, with depression, which I never take my depression medicine. And that's probably why my anxiety is crazy. But you get into these rituals that make your life better. Mm-hmm. So when COVID happened, it took a lot of those people and said, fuck your routine. You got to come up with something new. And the ones that didn't really, really struggled. But, you know, I had said in the beginning, I'm like, look, people are going to figure out how to work this, and then those are going to be the ones that thrive. Mm. And that's what you have to do. Now, now that we're past this main lockdown and everything mm. else, it's a very different state mm. of the world. And getting back to, this is actually a great segue, so yeah. getting back into what we started talking about earlier, I had told some of the guys, I said, we can, I can have a one-on-one talk with everybody about this, but I hope that they don't think that this one gentleman leaving means that they're each going to get raises automatically because there's money to be freed up now. Because I would love it if it would work so simple like that. But we are still doing everything that it takes to pay this FDA case and everything else. And people, people need to... I feel that people need to really prove themselves before they just get, okay, here's some extra work, here's your extra pay. Or here's some extra pay, now you're going to do this extra work. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I don't, I've never seen that. Like, well, if I add more, you think, well, I add more wood to the fire. No, it doesn't work that mm-hmm. way. More money doesn't equal more productivity. And I knew that some of the guys, which no one said anything to me, right. but I knew that some of the guys might be a little upset about that. But here, here's the, the reality of it. This is what I actually told this to David and my dad the other day. Right now is a really, really hard time to look for a job. So you have a chance for sure if you've got a lot of balls, if you're a risk taker, you've got some capital that you can go and invest in yourself mm-hmm. and try to start your own enterprise. You can, you can, you can make it happen. It's, it's, it's hard, but you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. But if you're just looking to go from I'm doing this technical position at this job to somewhere else, mm-hmm. good luck because most places aren't, aren't hiring right now. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a good solid job right now, you should appreciate it. Do the best that you can with it. And do what it takes to thrive in your position so the whole company can thrive. 
or like we were saying before, like invest in yourself, like invest in sales programs. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you get a little bit better on, on positioning the sale, closing the sales, I'm looping around to hit objections before, like everybody can learn this stuff. And just get, a, if you get 20% better times a year, it's tremendous. Yeah. Like you are, you are so valuable. Let's say we go back to value. It's like, so like for me, like if you're a good salesperson, I'll hire, I'll, I'll never, I'll hire 40, you know, because everybody's producing yeah. way more than they're getting paid. So that's one thing. So if you're watching, I think that could transmute into anything that you're doing. Plus, if you're going to go into your own business, you got to really be good at that. Too. Absolutely. Right, we, so. we use, and, and so many companies use the same mm-hmm software so you can figure it out so we use shopify right and one of the guys in the chat that started really excelling was he was using matrillo and without i guess blowing up his his (laughs) his leads Mm -hmm. um because everyone can use it everyone has access to it but he was really going back in Mm -hmm. there more and more and more and finding so this is a crm yeah yeah and so he was finding out more about what uh, customers had bought before mm-hmm. when they bought it, them and he was educating himself on the customers way more and everyone can do that yes you're not just you're not just uh, uh, working the cash register you know yeah. it's a silver pl- like they're giving you everything on a silver platter go this person likes that green shirt yep. and a v-neck <laughs> all right here yeah. we go um yeah. and and that's that's you know that's one thing that i think Anyone can do. Now, depending on what you're selling, some people have to sell much harder things than mm-hmm. others, which is also why different companies have different commission structures, of course. Now, at Blackstone Labs, it's a fairly easy sell because mm-hmm. the products work, and usually people take them and they're like, okay, this product worked really good, better than yeah. anything else I've taken. I want to keep taking more. But yeah. that doesn't mean there's still not endless amounts of the industry that we haven't tapped into mm-hmm. to and you know your job is to not only get these new people but make sure that they're happy and keep them consistent now we, we do have a high retention rate but i've seen over the years some guys do average numbers and anybody that really just doesn't do good numbers just doesn't stay here right. and then i've seen some people truly excel where they're head and shoulders above of the other people. And I have said, if different people have been able to do that at different times, then I believe they all have the ability right. to do it. They just aren't. And, and what I found with that, PG and everybody who's listening and watching, sometimes if you're not studying and understanding the customer better, you really go heavy on features, uh, features and benefits. Mm-hmm. And features and benefits, it's nice, but it really doesn't sell anything. But what really sells is if I'm personally using the product and I personally have experience with the product and I'm excited about that product, my story, the, the contextual uh, framing, of then they're buying my experience with the product. They're like, oh, shit, I'll, 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 yeah, okay, I'll try that. Yeah. Like, you know, like when I go to, uh, I'm on an airplane and a guy goes, <laughs> I'll tell you this, uh, I was like, I got bumped up to first class and this 60-year-old guy, he comes out and he says, Hey, can I ask you a question? Like, do you know anything about Winstrol? I'm like, do I? I go, I'm taking it right now. You know, so it's like, so we got to talking because it was very transparent. And he went to the clinic, the Cancun clinic, got uh, 200 million uh, IV stem cells, got stem cells in his right shoulder. And we put him on, you know, we were able to get the year, year uh, legalized year supply of growth hormone mm-hmm. for youth and vitality. $50,000 because 
he believed my experience, and it, I have experience. So see, so and the transparency. There was no clothes. There was yeah. no like, okay, this is what I do. The clothes. It just talking to me, mm-hmm. and just my experience, and and said, here, email my here. Here's the here's the doctor. I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with a consultation. And he just wanted he and he didn't want a miracle. He just wanted at sixty. He's like, if I could if I could just have a better. Just they're looking for an edge. Mm-hmm. A couple, of, and it just I, I was like, how easy was that? It's like, because why? Because it's, I'm living it. I'm using the product. I'm excited about it. And that enthusiasm is contagious. Yes. So I feel if a salesperson has a lot of personal life stuff going on and they come to work, they'll say the words, but the enthusiasm's not there. Mm-hmm. I tell all my staff, I took all the chairs away and I have uh, uh, standing desks. Because so I'm like, I need you standing. I mm-hmm. need your energy up. Because the enth- when you see that enthusiasm go down, you know, oh, yeah, and then you could hear in their voice and the energy's low. It's not motivating someone uh, it's not a good representation of Blackstone Labs. The mm-hmm. words might be nice, but the enthusiasm behind it. You know, uh, just thinking about you know uh, Sammy. You know, yep. on his Instagram stories, he loves his product. Mm-hmm. He loves it. I'm like shit. You and know, he, so. he he was uh, he was the best call center rep that we had ever had. Shout out to Sam. See, dude. See, we both recognize that. And right? he he was so usually when somebody is that good in an apartment in a department that's important yeah. to us. We want them to keep excelling there, but he was so good that he, he knew that he was that good. And he came to me and he said, I want to wholesale products. And I was like, well, it's a lot different than what you're doing now. And he was like, I mean, how long, long am I gonna have to prove myself for to, to have the opportunity? And I decided to give him the opportunity and he kicked ass in wholesale. And you know, he is somebody that he's very driven by his personal goals, which I think is very important. So I believe that he would, when, when he's passionate about a product, because mm-hmm. he's passionate about bodybuilding, he's passionate about Kratom, I think that he's going to get really deep into it and use that enthusiasm no matter what. Now, on the flip side, people have asked me before about perhaps me versus, I don't want to give an example like the Grail Chemist, he's brilliant and, and he's, yeah, yeah, he's great. Understand. But people have asked me, how come when you say something, it's so much easier to understand. And what I tell them is we both perhaps believe in the product the same way, but I'm so excited about it that I want to make sure everybody understands how awesome it is. So I oftentimes, and I hate using this phrase, dumb it down just to make sure you know. And some people don't have the ability to do that. So some people are just reciting what's in the textbook. Mm -hmm. And that just goes over a lot of people's heads. If you could simplify it a little bit better mm-hmm. and make them see like, wow, this is really awesome. I should be doing this. Because yeah. people ask me about some of my products and they're like, who should take this? I'm like, everyone. Yeah. And they're like, really? I yeah. thought it was just for you know bodybuilders or just for this. And I'm like, no, everyone should take it and this is why. And then they get excited too. But I don't even foresee myself ever being back on the sales side right. ever again. Yeah. I'm just selling really myself because education. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, I wasn't going to even bring this up, but it, but I want to read you this email that I got yeah. today. And when you bring up that email uh, and anybody who's watching it, cause I want to make sure this is applicable to you guys. If you find that something's not driving or you're in a slump, um, tape record yourself. You might be, there might be either something polarizing or confusing because yeah. a confused mind cannot buy because when someone gets confused, they can't make a decision. So sometimes when you say too much, you, you create confusion where when PG says dumb it down, it's not dumbing it down. It's making it understandable in one track. So there's not confusion. Yes. 
you know, and uh, I really think that uh, that's why when I, I say numbers, I say specific. I don't be like, yeah, you know, try that for, you know, 10 or 14 days. Is it 10 or is it 14? Yep. No, try it for 10 days. Like, you know, it's just, uh, you just want, you don't want any confusion mm-hmm. whatsoever, and it makes it much easier to make a decision. I used to, it's funny with the numbers, I used to tell people, because uh, a lot of people when they were on their, their, their meal plans, they would say, <laughs> my coach says to have uh, green veggies, you know? Okay. And that's, a, that's such a, like, broad statement, right? So at one point, I started telling girls, uh, you could have um, eight asparagus beers. And it turned into, I don't know if you've seen, but they have these like monstrous asparagus beers. (laughs) And so I had a girl that sent me a picture of those versus the really, really, really skinny ones. So I was like, just eat a cup of them, okay? I was like, I'm trying to, I was trying to make it simpler for you, but if we're going to get so deep into the size of the asparagus beers and we- and then weighing them out, yeah. how about you just weigh out a cup? But by doing it like that for mm-hmm. people and simplifying it, you know, I have I have seen plans where it's like, okay, I can do this or this or this for my cardio. Uh-huh. I can eat this or this or this. And when I see those, I immediately say no. Uh-huh. I said, listen, I can do that because I've been doing this for 30 years and I've figured it all out. I know what, exactly what the breakdown, everything is. You're trying to look a specific way. This is all new for you. You want it as simplified as, simplified as possible so then you can't make the mistakes. And there will be other coaches that are like, well, I give my people variety and this and that. But when you take anybody that's new or learning and you try to throw too much of them at once, mm. you're making it too hard. Yeah. It doesn't need to be too hard. Um, I got this email today and and – I love the BPJ. So we weren't doing any BPJ yeah. stuff today. The, the finale is coming up soon, but it's my favorite thing that we do. So as we, as as of right now, time wise, like I, you know, this will air, air differently. Mm-hmm. How how long are you into into the contest right now? So this this podcast will end today, Wednesday, and it'll be out by the weekend. Yes. And the BPJ is over uh, April twenty second. Okay. So okay, they're good. in the final stretch. Yeah. This is it. So we get so many emails like this. And I'm not going to say the gentleman's name, um, but this is this is why this is my favorite thing that we do. <clears throat> Hi, PJ. My name is Blank, and I just wanted to reach out with a huge thank you for putting on the Beat PJ contest. Words in this email can't even describe how much entering this contest has done for me this year. I was completely lost, lackluster, and unmotivated in many aspects of life. These past few years have been hard, but Seeing this contest posted back in November really lit a fire for me. It allowed me to open my mind back up, get my ass in the gym, and put 100% into something other than eating a paycheck and my family. Win or lose, just know for your contest and your company's love for the community, it's really bigger than you, I think, imagine. You're inspiring people daily, whether you know it or not. Once again, thank you so much for not only a great opportunity to win some prizes, but thank you from the bottom of my heart and from my families for helping me refine who I am over this process. Hopefully, my transformation shocks your judges as much as your contest has helped me. Keep Blackstone growing forever. And you now have a forever customer and supporter for life. Mm. And I love when I get a message from somebody that says, and we get these a lot, that either their marriage got better or they felt they were a better parent just because of what they got into diving into bettering themselves in the BPG, because that's all it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've told people for years, because there's always at the end, there's always 
no matter what, many contests are like this. There's always people that are like, that person doesn't look good. I look better. I look better. And I always explain to them, it's not the who has the best body contest. It's the best overall transformation contest. So perhaps this guy was really, really skinny, put on a lot of muscle. Perhaps somebody was really, really overweight and lost a lot of weight. It could be, it could be all over the place. It's just, it's not who just has the best body at the end. And sometimes the people that start out look pretty good. Yeah. So the judge is looking like, oh, he looks pretty good to start. Yeah, he looked great at the end. But the actual transformation wasn't the best. So when you're going through a transformation like this, especially for somebody that's never done anything like this before, you have the ability to transform your entire life into a much better and more positive thing. And it's kind of like what you said on the last pos- you know, the last podcast, you said that you're here to resurrect heroes, right? Yeah. I love the aspect of taking somebody that didn't think that they could be anything special and showing them not only are you special, but now you're putting it on to everybody else in your life. Mm-hmm. And those people usually stay hooked yeah. after that. And the huge key, and it's, a, it's not a secret, but it really is a secret because people don't see it this way. I help a lot of the CEOs I consult. Uh, it adds a zero because they're looking for a good mindset trip to get more to get more income and stuff like that. I'm like, well, let's start with your body first. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, let's start with your body first because usually they're successful in one area, but their body's shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to show you just getting your body back, exercises like that. It's going to elevate your vibration or frequency of your mind. You're going to feel better, think better, uh, be grateful, and watch you'll add another zero every time it works. Absolutely. I get their chemistry right. I get their, you know, I get to do whatever it takes. But what is it? We can understand what is a feeling? A feeling, whether we say I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm depressed, all it is is we're, we're, we're labeling a vibration. That's a, let's say our way of labeling the vibrational state we're in. So when I'm happy, joy, grateful, love, I'm sad, depressed, you know, frustrated, scarcity, poverty mentality. Like we're just labeling a, a, a vibration win. So I realized that PJ, you know, like if we drink alcohol or if we eat shit food, the next morning, like you wake up sl- sluggish, tired, brain fog, right? We see all these words and I realized, oh my God, food could change the vibrational yeah. state I'm in. So I saw it as like, this is so sabotaging my ability to attract or be on the frequency to be successful. So I realized like, if I could just help that person nutritionally or in the exercise, you feel better, you don't sabotage and then help get their hormones and chemistry right and the stem cells to regenerate. They literally think they're like tuned into a different radio station. They're gracious. They see the, they're positive again. It's spreading and affecting the marriage. It's everything starts to get better and they start, they feel they're starting winning, but they were always winning. They just, T- turned it on. Yeah. So, and nothing, they did nothing different at work. It was just working on them physically. So, you want to brain hack your mind and be successful? You got to get the body first. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, what you're doing, not only with Blackstone and, and the, like, you're helping someone go, they think they're doing this transformation for their body, but they're going to realize the biggest impact was going to be the relationships. They're, they're, a, they're bringing their A game to work, the confidence and self esteem. They look good in clothes. Let me tell you, you put on a good suit, like oh, I always yeah. compliment PJ suits. You change, right? Mm-hmm. So bring all that and you level up. Um, you're more attractive to people. You walk in a room, people, they sense the different state you're in. And, and it's attractive and it's persuasive in a good way. And you get it. And that, that's what gets you hooked. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, I just remember, I, I remember it was the day after Thanksgiving. I texted PJ. I'm like, dude. I have done I have done days of recreational drugs and this and shit food was way worse than a hangover, <laughs> you know, because I realized like 
horrible. So I, yeah. that was that moment. I really sunk into me. I'm like, what I eat and how I take care of my body will either uh, will block me from success or put me in the state or in the opportunity to have success. And that's what this this guy found out. It's it went to all areas of his life. He's so grateful, and that's going to be hooked. I tell them every year yeah. because let's say we have at the end of this 225 people that, that stuck yeah. it out, right? So last year, I think we started with like 500. In the end, there was like 220. People fall off. But anyone that stuck it out to the end, you won already. Yeah. You, you, you won no matter what. No matter what you're placing is, yes, of course, you want to win that, that prize money. But if you stuck it out and you, and you bettered yourself in that sense you already started on the path of, of winning yeah. and more positive going to start because most people when they're sad or complaining or depressed, right? When they start telling you all of their different problems, yeah. many of them are not like you said, eating the right way. Right. And that's something that you can control. That's like control. you can't really control if your husband's cheating on you. Or if you, maybe if you're doing a bad job, you control that you're getting fired at your job. But there's a lot of outside circumstances that you can't control. So what can you control first? Jen and I were talking about this the other mm -hmm. day. You can absolutely control everything that goes into your body. So you start by controlling that and watch what happens. All of a sudden, you're looking better, feeling better, and you're getting control, which I think when people start feeling like they don't have control, anxiety, depression, things mm -hmm. like that start getting haywire, and then everything else starts falling apart. Absolutely. So that's the, that's the opposite side of it. How about that idea, guys? Like if, if there's a circumstantial thing going on, yeah, you could get a little, you know, I give myself five minutes to get pissy and go through this. I, I could do all five stages of grieving in like a minute. And, but then it's like, okay, I can't control this stuff. So what can I do? What can I do to get out? So then you internally, you go internal and it's okay, I'm going to start. I always say it's, I always start with movement first. Like get, get like physical. Mm -hmm. And then that's like, that's something you could control. I could control what I put in my mouth. I could control if I could climb a stair. You know, the gym was closed. Go up a flight of stairs a hundred times, right? So, so a lot of times when you go internal like that, like PJ's right, you change that inside, and then all those circumstances don't have as much of a, a hold on you, or or uh, or it keeps you in that that level of. I, I mean, like imagine you know talking to someone who's depressed and burnt out. Like it's just. I don't want to be around this person, you know? No, and, and they get really offended when you tell them that I've Right. But here's the thing. Yeah. The frequencies that we've been talking mm. about, you're attracting people on those frequencies, right? So a lot of people will find out this year, they're going to find out how you and I became such good friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I start telling those stories, they're going to be like, oh, but when we did become really good friends all of these positive things started happening and then completely different people started coming into my life mm -hmm. because I had been on just the wrong energy channel for mm -hmm. a while. And I was depressed and I was frustrated and I was angry. And I can say that all of the people that I've met in the past few months have been very similar and positive people. And the ones that come to me, now I'm able to see it way, way more clear. Mm -hmm. The ones that come to me, where I haven't heard from you in three weeks. Maybe I haven't heard from you a month. Maybe it's two weeks. And you're coming to me to tell me how brokenhearted you are or how upset you are because, you know, your boyfriend cheated on you or something mm -hmm. like that. And it's like the fifth time you've told me that. Now I have had to tell those people where before I would have listened to it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I can't listen to this. And they get really offended. Mm -hmm. 
And they're like, why? I thought you were my friend. And I said, I am or was your friend until I started realizing that you only reach out to me to bring me negativity about something that I have nothing to do with at all. And I've already given you some input. So my position is not going to change. So you to keep coming, bringing your negativity to me over and over again, it's bringing me down. And I would prefer to not have that around. So I have sometimes said it in a, in a, in a meaner way than that. I've just straight up said, like, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah. You know, sorry. And each, it's been women. Each woman that I've said that to has said, I thought you were different. And I said, no, I guess so. But I'm definitely not the guy that you're gonna once a month call, or or start texting about how brokenhearted you are. You're not an emotional tamper. Yeah, I'm 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 sorry, but I I'm a very busy man, yeah. and I have to be selective with who I talk to. And I'm surely not gonna sit and and listen to you cry about the same thing over and over again. That's in your power to change. Mm -hmm. And it's actually it's been kind of funny. Uh, I should have did some sort of like uh, data collection on this. 90% of the women that I've said that to disappeared forever, which is fine. They're only bringing negativity in. And then the other 10%, they sort of like flipped a little switch. And they actually started getting better in their own personal lives, which I think is great. Not saying it had anything to do with me. But maybe they figured, well, I'm not going to bring this to PJ anymore because he doesn't want to hear it. And I have decided at this stage in life, everything that I've been through... I am not going to entertain any kind of negativity like that. So if it's not my mom or my dad telling me about some stuff in my family, I'm not going to sit and have negative conversations because it's just bringing me down. Yeah. I prefer the frequency that I'm on now. Yeah. And that's absolutely um, amazing. That's one of the big six, six fears of life is what other people think. Mm -hmm. So the reason why we're hanging in there is like, I want this person to like me. I don't want to let them down. But you're absolutely correct because for that hour it's your energy and you're exhausted after it yeah so you know when you're exhausted it's not because you're tired guys it's because you're unaligned you're not aligned right and that's where burnout there's no burnout we have enough energy in in our cells remember you split one atom an atomic bomb mm -hmm. and we're made up of trillions of atoms so when you're finding that the tired and burnout or like this 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 conversation totally exhausted me it's not it's not an alignment that's the truth and your body doesn't lie body keeps score yeah body keeps score and this conversation's actually woke me up because yeah. I was tired today. And we started out on a bit of a of a. I, I knew we were going to spin it positive, but we we started out on a, on a sad time. But it's a real thing. Yep. And now a lot of positivity has come out of it. And it definitely is, man. This so. is this is just such good. So PJ, uh, I know we'll do part two after this, but uh, so let's do a, let's do a closing final final words. Uh well. I can summarize real quick that we gave some very good, not just business, but, but life mm -hmm. advice. And again, you know, it goes back to the, the mindset, right? Being in the right mindset, which sometimes the littlest things can make you perceive a, a situation the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one of the things I think is very important for anybody that listens to this is to not just look directly at yourself for the negatives, but also look at yourself for the positive. So when something bad happens, you can't immediately think, why did this happen to me? What did I do wrong? Why is this happening to me? Why? That's human nature. Mm -hmm. But you also have to look at 
this happened because of this, this happened because of this. So this is what we're going to do now to mm -hmm. fix it and make it better for the future. Mm -hmm. And that's how you really improve and succeed in everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love it. Like no event goes without a learning. Like I got to learn something from it. Otherwise, cause like, it's totally waste if you don't get something out of it. So what, what role did I play? Where can I take better ownership? And usually like, Oh, okay. I, I see where I could have done a little bit better. Just a little, it's a little, it's a pivots. It's tune, like tuning a violin, little, little tunes here and there. And, and then it's, it becomes beautiful music. Yeah. You know what? I got to add this story. Let's I, do it. I, this story of PJ. I, 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 love thought we were end, I thought we were ending it, but this is just a great, this is yeah. on, on yeah. the subject of frequency. Yeah. So recently on my, uh, on my ask PJ, somebody asked me a, a question. The question was sort of funny. Uh, the way he worded it was like, when did you, uh, it was like, what, what, when did you decide that you wanted to make millions? And I was like, well, I really, I really can't say that, I, that I've made millions, but I can tell you a book that I read that was pivotal for me. And it was called The E-Myth Revisited. Mm -hmm. And the woman who gave it to me, um, I don't believe I said her name on the show, but I said how much I appreciate she gave it to me. I don't want to blow up her spot on it. She gave it to me in my first year of business. And I realized there were so many things that I just wasn't doing right. Mm -hmm. But I made the adjustments. And the book is all about, well, uh, to summarize the book, it's, it's about how everyone believes that they're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. but really people fall into three categories managers the entrepreneur category is the smallest one and technicians most people are technicians so you might be really really good at baking cakes so you think i'm gonna start a cake baking company but you don't know the first thing about business mm -hmm. right so anyway i was talking about how after i read that book we went from 1.2 million to 9.8 million the next year and how much i appreciate that book it was a fantastic read i actually went back and read it again People should go out there and read it. Now, I have not spoken to that woman in years. Mm -hmm. Well, on Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. She texted me out of nowhere and said, hey, do you run your LinkedIn? And I was like, first of all, hi. <laughs> Holy crap. I go, did you happen to see my IGTV from a couple weeks ago? She was like, no, send it to me. She was like, but anyway, I wanted you to see. I sent you a video on LinkedIn Michael Gerber is, is speaking. He's actually going to be in Florida. And Michael Gerber is the guy that wrote The yeah, E-Myth Revisited. So I haven't spoken to this woman in years. She gave me a book that changed my life. I recently talked about it. And without speaking again for all this time, she wanted to let me know that the guy that wrote the book is down here and I can go meet him. And I had no idea that that's what she was even going to contact me about. So I sent her the podcast before she had sent me that. Right. So when she got it, she was like, oh, so you watched it? And I go, no, I didn't. And she goes, go open it. When I opened it, I was like, wow, that is so mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. But that just shows you when you're on the right frequency, yeah. you're just attracting, you know, the yeah. right, the right energies and the right people in. I thought that stuff yeah. like that, you know, you could say like, oh, the universe is working in whatever way you want. Stuff like that really makes me excited. Oh, and, and, and when you realize it's always working for you. And then the, the whole law of attraction thing, there's a lot of action behind it. Like, so there's, there's action. It's just, not, it's just not coming to you. There's actions that are leading to actions that open the opportunities, right? So I want everybody to know there's action by. But I think the inspired thought, the inspired ideas come in, get you excited, and, and it, it causes you to get ideas to act. Mm -hmm. So it, it also, it's not, it's, it actually you work harder than most people because you just have these really cool inspired ideas to take action, but the action of it is exciting. So the, the, the act of doing the action is rewarding and exciting. 
So you get the reward by doing it. So that's why you're actually are working. That's where that's why you're on Sundays. You're talking to me because it's not like I got to work and push and bench press. No, it's like no, I got a great idea and it's it's fun. It becomes fun and exciting. You want it? Yes. And that's the difference. All right, man. Well, I don't think you could say it better than that at that point. Dude, this is great. This I, is a good you one. Know, I, I really enjoy these times, I, man. It's my this, favorite time of the month. This one? <laughs> Not that I'm on my As queue, opposed but. to women who have yeah, that yeah. really rough time of the month. I'm saying this is my favorite time of the month. <laughs> this one uh, was my favorite one so far. Awesome, so we man. can keep building them yeah. from here. Yeah, This was a good one. Always will. All right, brother. All right, man. We'll sign out. We still don't have a name yet. So yes, please come up below on a name you'd like to um, just just put some names in, and you know the the winner will get uh, you'll get a one hour Zoom with me. I'll talk about anything in your life, anything you're dealing with. You know, I'll make sure I'll give you thousands of dollars worth of value. PG, I'll think of some cool, awesome supplements, or um, yeah, or or yeah, yeah, just great stuff. He'll take his things, but we'll give you just for just for just take a guess, man. And, you know, you can't win without trying. Trying so, exactly. Do, do throw it down. It might uh, it might stimulate something.